Praise the Lord, this is Brother Julius Adeomi. I am going through the Acts of the Apostles. We are now in chapter 9. And uh, chapter 8 was where Philip the Evangelist was led to go and meet the Enoch of Ethiopia. And he gave, and he gave him the word. And he believed and he was baptized in water. And then he went rejoicing while Philip was only taken by the Holy Ghost. He disappeared before his before his eyes, and was found in Asotus. Chapter 9 was going to now talk about the soul of Tarsus as he continued to breathe threatening against the believers. This will be the conversion of Saul of Tarsus, chapter 9, verse, verse 1. Chapter 9, Acts of the Apostles. And Saul, that is Apostle Paul, remember, he was still called Saul here, until he started going towards the Gentiles. Saul and Paul was like a, in the Gentile world, the, the Greeks call it Paul. Paul, just like saying, when you come to the among, among the Spanish, uh, you say Julio, when you say Julius, you go Julio. So it's different, different pronunciation of the same name. So they call it Paul, uh, or spell it P-A-U-L in the Greek world, but it was called Saul in the Hebrew world. So that was why was, the name was changed from Saul to Apostle Paul. But here in, uh, in the Acts of Apostles chapter 9, it was still referred to him as Saul. So, and Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogue, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now that was the Lord. You see, people could have been saying, when Apostle Paul was doing all those work against believers, as you can see, many believers will be praying, by Christ said, you should pray for them that persecute us. Don't pray that they be killed. Don't pray that they be dead. No, just pray that the Lord will turn their heart. The Lord knows how to do it. And this is a, a dramatic uh, manifestation of Jesus Christ that knocked Saul of Tarsus down his, on his high horse. And many people are having the same experience in this generation. We have heard stories of people that claim to be formerly jihadists in uh, northern Nigeria. A woman said she was a jihadist and hated all the Christians. But somehow the Lord cornered her and she was born again now. And then, they, of course, the Yadis that she was only part of now wanted to kill her. That also was what the story of Saul of Tarsus. After he became a Christian, they wanted to kill him also, also because he was leading a team. And those teams didn't get converted. He was the only one converted. They would think he's, he's, he's not crazy. <laughs> so that was what many people would think. They say, this man is, is now mad. And they wanted to kill him too. But you see, he asked, who are thou, Lord? And the Lord Jesus said, I am Jesus whom thou persecuted. That's when you persecute the believer, I don't think you are persecuting just this believer, you are persecuting this. You will send them on the earth. 
Jesus. So that's why Jesus said, I am Jesus whom thou persecuted. It is hard for thee to kick against the priest. That is, you are kicking against something that's going to hurt you. Verse 6. And he trembling as Tony said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Now the Lord is sending his people on errand now. He is the king. So king doesn't have to sit down there and be teaching you and telling you what. No, he sent his servants to go tell you. If the Lord is the king. That's why I say, you go into the city. He will tell you what you need to do. To make you to know that the Lord is in control of all our lives as believers. So whatever you did to one, they will say, whatever you do to one of these, my, my disciples, you have done it unto me. It's what's sending us on there. So you believers, you non-believers also be, be aware of that. So arise and go into the city and it shall be told you what thou must do. Verse 7. And the man which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no man. He said they hear a voice but they didn't see any man. But they saw the light, but they were hearing a voice, but they didn't see the fellow that was talking. But Apostle Paul was saying it was the voice in the, from the light said, I'm Jesus. Verse 8. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into the house. His eyes were open. That means when that light comes to me, it first covers his eyes like this. But after the thing disappeared and he opened his eyes, he was already blind. So when you in the other places where he was talking to, to Herod Agrippa, he said it was the light that blinded him. And the brightness of that light blinded him. But that's why, of course, if somebody gets into a bright light, you are going to close your eyes. But if you're already hurt by this, when you open his eyes, he couldn't see anymore. So that was why he called, he said he was blinded by that brightness of that light. See, that's what the Bible said, when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And there was three days without sight. Neither did eat nor drink, so he started fasting. Because now he has seen the Lord. The Lord has talked to him. Now he is now ready to, to accept this Messiah. So what he has to do is to, he went his side back. So he, he was not fasting. But then the Lord said he, somebody will talk to him also. So the Lord was going to send somebody to go and talk to him. So the Lord can talk to us and say, well, gee, I'm trying to hear. I'm trying to, you know, you are trying to hear. It's like trying to reach. So when the Lord wants to talk to you, we talk. He can come to, he can get to you. So many times we try to reach to him and say, I want to hear something. I want to hear something. That's you, stress, you know, putting effort out. Those are our own effort. But when he wants to talk to us, he can get through to us. It is we may not be able to get through to him, but he can get through to us. It's almost like somebody has your phone number. You are in Africa. He has your phone number. He can dial you and you pick up the phone. It rings. But you don't have his phone number to be able to call to America. Also, Sometimes your, your network cannot get through to America. But he can always get through to your phone. That is like the Lord can always get to us. Anytime he wants to talk to you or send you on their hand. But we sometimes we try to hear him. We try to, to do a meditation and so on, trying to communicate to him. Say, so, but he can always get to us. It is we getting to him in prayer that is effort. But he can always get to us without we doing any effort. So this is the story of Ananias here. There was a certain disciple, verse 10 of chapter 9. A certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision. Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street, which is called Straight. That is the name of the street, called Straight Street. And inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayed, and has seen in a vision 
a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. So the Lord was showing a vision to Saul of Tarsus and also showing a vision to Ananias. Only God can do that. He's showing a vision to this fellow and showing a vision to this fellow. Just like, remember, Nebuchadnezzar had a vision in the days of Daniel the prophet. Nebuchadnezzar couldn't remember it, but when Daniel and his friends prayed, the Lord, show us the dream that you, or the vision that you showed to Nebuchadnezzar because he wanted to kill everybody. But he couldn't remember the dream. And God showed the same vision to Daniel the prophet that gave him the fame. See? So the Lord is the one that can show you a vision. And he come and show you a, a picture of what is coming to him and do show the same picture to another person. So he told, the Lord told Ananias to go and lay hands upon Saul of Tarsus so that he might receive his sight. Verse 13. Then Ananias answered, Lord, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he has done to thy sins at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. The Lord allowed Ananias to to respond because Ananias had, a, had a, the information about this man. I want to talk about this man to the Lord. So, but the Lord said to him, Go thy way. For he is a chosen vessel to me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. That is, he has been making you guys to suffer. He also will suffer for my name's sake. That was what God just told Ananias there. God was telling Ananias, the Lord Jacob was telling Ananias what he is calling Saul of Tarsus to come and do. And he will do it, and whether he likes it or not, he will suffer also for my name's sake. He has been making it get suffer. He will suffer. You know what I'm saying? suffer. So that is really what that translated to. Verse 17. Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me. That thou mayest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, the filling with the Holy Ghost was added to it because as Ananias was coming, the Lord was telling him, like, just when you lay out for him, just tell him to receive the Holy Ghost also. But it, and immediately they are fell from his eyes as it had been scales. And he received sight from with and arose and was baptized. So now he joined the disciples. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. So now he was now converted. He's not going to arrest anybody. He was now going to be telling them that I met, I saw Jesus on the road. And that was his testimony. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogue that he is the Son of God, that Jesus is the Son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, It's not this he that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem and came either for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priests. And Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is the very Christ. After he has had the experience of, of Jesus Christ talking to him from the light, so he thought, this is Christ. Verse 23, And after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. You see, the Jews just didn't want anybody to be opposing their religion. So they want to kill Saul now. Verse 24 says, But their laying await was known of Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. They were trying to do it in a way that nobody will know who did it. So then when he's going through the gate, they just kill him and run away. Verse 25. Then the disciples took him by night and let him down by the wall in a basket. 
verse 26. So the, that was a, a, an experience that Apostle Paul also reported in some of his sermons in other Galatians that he was let down in a basket to escape these people that wanted to kill him. Now they didn't let him down. They walked around the city and they find a way that they would put him in a basket and let him put in Gaza and use a rope to let him down and he can get out of the city through the gate, through the over the fence and run away. So that was really what happened to Apostle Paul. Verse 26. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, now between this leaving Damascus and getting to Jerusalem, there could be many other things that have happened. We just knew that Luke, who wrote this story, was just telling us the summary of what he had. Because when you get to the letters of Paul to the Galatians, he told us in that place that he actually went to, us, uh, to, to Arabia. What did he go to do in Arabia? To seek the face of the Lord. Arabia was like a desert where he, if you want to really seek the face of God, you should go to Mount Sinai where Moses was there 40 days or Mount Horeb where Elijah was there for 40 days. And they all have that in their mind that if you really want to seek God, you should go to that jungle and just wait there with water and just be seeking the face of God. So Saul knew about that. So when this thing happened to him, he said he went to Arabia and then came back to Damascus. So we do not know how long because this one was summarized by Luke, that this is what really happened. He was, he was knocked down, and then he went to the city, and he started to help him, he started preaching in Damascus. But according to Saul, Paul, of Paul in, actually in the book of Galatians, let me read that part. You see, he added some detail to how his itinerary of his travels was from the time he was converted. Let's see it in the, in the letter of Paul to the Galatians. Chapter 1 of Galatians. This is Paul's own writing. And he said, from verse 15, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, that's Galatians chapter 1 verse 15, When it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son, as Jesus Christ, in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred now with flesh and blood. He said, I didn't go to, to these apostles before him and disciples and say, Tell me more about this thing. No. So neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia. Arabia? What's in Arabia? And then returned again into Damascus. This is what he wrote by himself. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem. So which means at least he was in Damascus at least for three years. Because that was summarized in this actual apostle as if he was there for two weeks and then they went to kill him and they went back to Jerusalem. It looked like he, that was not the detail. Apostle Paul told us the detail that Maybe after his eyes were open, he went to Arabia to seek the face of God and tell me more about this thing. I thought they were saying this Jesus, Jesus Nazareth was this and that and that. And that's why they crucified him. Tell me more about it. So he went to Arabia to seek the face of God. We don't know, know how long he was there, 40 days perhaps, or many days. Perhaps. But he got more revelation from the Lord, more visitation in dreams and visions, and studying the world. Because they have the books, they have the laws of Moses, they have this book of Psalms. The Lord would have been revealed to him. Some of those things that he was telling the apostles after the resurrection, so that make him to know more understand. Ah, this is what he was saying. Ah, this is what the apostles, the prophets were saying. Ah, this is what the psalm was saying. Now he could get it. So now when he came from Arabia, where do you think he would go? Back to where he has been converted. These are the first people that accepted him as a believer. Not so. He couldn't go to Jerusalem yet. So he went. So whatever he, after how many days he stayed in Arabia to seek the faith. But when he came back, he came back to Damascus. That's why he said, in Galatians chapter 
one that we just read, he said he came back to Damascus from Arabia, and then after three years he went to Jerusalem. So now we can then say, if we try to draw the itinerary, we may say, maybe after he was, his eyes were open, he, he left Damascus and went to Arabia. And then after seeking the face of maybe 40 days, maybe 50 days, he came back to Damascus and started telling them some of the revelation he has been receiving that Jesus is the Christ. And those Jews who are expecting him to be arresting these people are now saying, oh, how can you be saying that? I told you, come out to arrest these people. And then he was there with them, preaching and teaching and confronting the Jews that will have been passing on the back to arrest them because they are already Christians there that they you know that they didn't want to, to, to start the boat because they are former friends. But see, this man came from Jerusalem to arrest them, so they won't mind. Get them out of here. They don't believe what they are saying. But see, he now is now part of them, he's now teaching them, so they now want to kill Paul too. So that was why he said after three years he went back to Jerusalem. That was in Galatians. Now let's continue the story in Acts of the Apostles chapter 9 that Luke penned down for us. As he said, they led him down through, through the basket in verse 25. Verse 26, and when Saul was come to Jerusalem, that must be this after three years he said he went to Jerusalem, he has said to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. And believed not that he was a disciple. You see, three years is not enough time to erase memory. Oh, is somebody that you, this man was the one that arrested your mom and beat them with your mom up or arrested your dad and then you're in prison, your dad. You still remember, you're not a little boy. You remember the man, you know the man. Now he's back, he's in, he's in your church. You think he comes to arrest you too, no? So they were afraid of him when they had, when they suddenly saw him in the church, in the church with them. So they, they, they avoided him. So that's why the Bible says, verse 26, and when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he had said to join himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him because just some few years ago, three years ago, that he was arresting them and beating many people up, threw them into jail. Verse 27 says, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So Barnabas was the first one that Maybe Barnabas has visited Damascus and heard about Saul, or he met Saul in Damascus, or something like that. And then when he came back and saw that Saul was trying to join the disciples, and they are, so he took him straight to the, to make it official, took him to the apostles and announced it before the congregation that this is what happened to Saul of Tarsus. And he has started preaching in Damascus, and now they accepted him. Verse 26, and he was with them, coming in and going out at Jerusalem. Then, because he was evangelical, he started speaking against the Jews at Jerusalem too. He spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians. But they went about to slay him. The, these people that killed Stephen, in their, those synagogue people, there are other groups there that you still don't want to hear. And Apostle Paul now is going about trying to dispute with them. So they went about to slay him. Which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Now, what do you mean by the brand new? The apostles were left alone, nobody is persecuting them anymore. Apostle Paul, who was formerly sold of thousands of pursuit, then now he's been converted. But he said things are getting calm in Jerusalem for the disciples. So they don't want anybody to come and rock the boat anymore. Because Stephen was like rocking the boat and make them persecute Stephen that scatter everybody. And Saul was spearing that. But after three years now has passed, no, so Saul of Thousands is now converted, he's no more. Particularly, he was in Damascus. When he came back, 
and was trying to stir up the boat again among the people that don't believe, that just left the apostles alone. But he's now confronting them that Jesus is the Messiah and he's doing it's almost similar thing that uh, Philip was com com confronting these people with, and they wanted to kill him. So when the apostles said, oh, poor, 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 please, let's just get you out of Jerusalem. Don't start any trouble here. <laughs> people, people want to have peace and just let everything quiet and calm. So that was why they said, when the apostles and disciples heard of it, they told him to let's just get you back out of, the, out of Jerusalem, back to your city. He was born in Tarsus. Verse 30 was what I just read. Act of the Apostles chapter 9, verse 30 said, which when the brethren knew, they knew that some people wanted to kill Saul, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus, which is his hometown. So then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria. Now when they had rest because nobody is persecuting them, and I don't think they were also fervently opposing the, the Jews. They were just doing their own thing, go to temple, pray together, and not try to preach to anybody. If you are doing that, then we leave you alone too. So that was really what they said. They look up, they said only the apostles and the few that are left, the rest that have fled are still preaching everywhere. They said the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplying. Holy Ghost is still multiplying the church, it's people that need to receive. Verse 32. And it came to pass as Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came down also to the saints which dwelt at Lydda. Now, this section of verse 32 is going to tell us some of the exploits of Apostle Peter. Because after the church was addressed, he was now able to travel and visit some other believers. Maybe that city over there, there are some believers there, so he was going to visit them. Or that town over there, there are some believers there that are just having their, just like church, just having their village behind this. It's now over five years that Christ was crucified or something like that. So, and resurrected and gone to heaven. So they are now a church building and trying to get more people. They are not doing fervent evangelism, but they are just quiet and the people that are Evangelical have scattered everywhere, telling everybody in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in their path. So now, Peter, from verse 32, Peter was going to be visiting some churches, some believers. It came to pass as Peter passed throughout all quarters. He came down also to the saints which dwelt at Lydda. He said, We all call the Bible, the believers are called saints. Because when Christ changed our heart and gave us a new heart, we become holy people. Saints, holy people. No matter how wicked you are before, when Christ comes into you, the sinful nature is taken out of you, a new nature is given to you, you are now a saint of God, holy people. So that's why the Bible is reparting to all the believers as saints. See, come to the saints that were in leader. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. So this man, Aeneas, was paralyzed. But maybe he was one of the believers, but he was still paralyzed. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ, make a deal. Arise and make thy bed. He just commanded it. Like Christ said, if you demand anything in my name, I will do it. So the Lord must have put in his heart to command Aeneas to rise up and walk. And he did. And he arose immediately, verse 35, and all that dwelt that leader and Saron, saw him and turned to the Lord. That miracle shook the old neighbor and said, well, they want to become Christians too. They want to follow this Christ. 
Verse 6. Now there was a Joppa, a certain disciple named Tarpeter, which were in, by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and arms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And for as much as Lida was nigh to Joppa, the disciples had heard that Peter was there. They sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Now, this is just the, the exploit that Peter did. He was, like we say, he was visiting from different sections of the, of, uh, of the Judea area. And he came to that place called Lida, and he made one lame man to walk there. And then he was staying with them in that Lida. Amen. But he said, another town that's not too far away, they have disciples there also, where they said this woman, Dorcas, was sick. And about that same time, that Dorcas that was sick, or sick, died. But the disciples with the around the Dorcas have heard that Peter was just in Lida, not too far away. So instead of going to bury this woman, they said, let's call Peter. Because the woman, they don't believe she, she, she ought to die. She's, she's too young to die. So they... They have washed her, put her in the upper chamber, waiting for, let's wait for God. Let's wait for what God will do. Let's call Peter. Maybe the Lord will answer our prayers. Because when somebody is sick, people will be praying and praying and praying for healing. But the person died, people always try to give up. But say they heard that the Lord has given power to heal religion also. So the problem is that if people are there when the fellow is sick, it's very difficult for you to muster enough faith to bring the fellow back when you have been praying for healing and it's not done. But you are not there. It's very easy for you to just come and pray for raising the person back to, to life. So, so well, let's just call for Peter. They know that they have heard that Peter has raised the dead yet. No, they just know that the Lord Jesus Christ that, that sent us on the earth is still able to raise this woman back to life. So they say, let's call Apostle Peter. We, we had was not too far away. So they sent two men to Peter to come, please, easily. Come, easily. So Peter got these visitors and he went with them. That's what Sarge said. For as much as the leader was nigh to Joppa and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. But said, then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him weeping. So we believe maybe this woman also was a widow, maybe a younger widow. A widow, perhaps, with someone that has lost her husband. But she, maybe she was like in her 50s. But she, nobody, want, it's not that she's holy enough to die. All the other widows that were also widows with, that are like friends, they are also believers, they are all weeping. They were showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. Verse 4 said, Then Peter put them all forth and kneeled down. So many times when you want to pray straight to the Lord, you want to get every unbelief out. Church yourself in door. So that was what Peter did there. And most religious man laid upon his reminding to send everybody out and then pray. So he sent everybody out and prayed and turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise. Tabitha is the name of the woman of Dorcas, another interpretation of it. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. That was how the Lord delivered the woman from death and brought her back. And Peter gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. 
and it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And it came to pass that he studied many days in Joppa with one Simon Eternal. And this is where I'm going to study. This is the end of chapter 9. Because Peter kept staying with Simon Eternal before another and come to invite him to come and to come to Caesarea and, and talk to the centurion that the angel of the Lord told to come for Peter. So the Lord, Peter was moving about, the Lord was following with signs for him. When he was in Jerusalem, he was doing some signs, but now moving about to different cities to just visit brethren and the Lord was following with signs for them. That is how he promised that he will follow him with signs for them. And as long as we are going for the Lord, even when we are on the radio, we are still going for the Lord. And when you are listening or you are listening, if you believe, I pray for you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. That whatever you desire from the Lord, your healing, you receive your healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Miracles, we command that you receive your miracle in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ can give it to you right there, over the radio waves, over the video waves. In the name of Jesus, receive your miracle. Amen. Claim it. Say, I receive it. Say, thank you, Jesus. I receive that miracle that I have been prayed for. Say, I receive that miracle that I have been prayed for. In the name of Jesus Christ. And that is yours. God bless you. We we'll continue this in chapter 10. <laughs>